0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. The Nimble with Numbers team presents Chalked block with Bo Big Time McBrayer. I gotta know what a $5 shake tastes like.
1: That's hot. That's hot. I won't win it, folks. <laughs> You don't know who And his partner, Scott Stag Simpson. Do you know who I am? I'm trying to put Tiger Bomb on this jungle's nuts.
2: That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. I got to
1: catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. Let's make a move. Let's make a move. move.
0: ay, Hey, you guys. Welcome back to Chalk Blocked on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Now part of iRadio USA. I'm Bo Time. That's... Scotty Stacks, you know him well. Down below me is the math magician, Jordan Vanek1. He's a Twitter guy now. I like that. <laughs> Look at this handsome devil in the, in the bottom left corner. My goodness, how do we get Dave Kluge on here? This is this is everyone's favorite pod host. Everyone has a favorite pod host, and it better be this guy. He hosts our Friday show with Steffi Smiles. We We, we saw it earlier today. Check out the replay. He he hosts Two Point Stance with Stepmom Lauren, one of the coolest people out there. And now he's got a new show that he's just going rogue on. He's inviting two (laughs) people at a time because he's flying solo so much. It's called The Launchpad, nonetheless. This guy is awesome. He's handsome. He's got the best spouse in the world because she cooks and bakes and puts all (laughs) kinds of crusty, gooey, buttery goodness on Twitter for us. And he is part of the football, guys. He's a writer for Fantasy Pros. And I don't know how he's not fatter than me. I really don't. (laughs) This is Dave. Don't call me David and get a (laughs) (laughs) cloogie.
2: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I don't even need to introduce myself. I mean, that was the best introduction I've ever gotten. You hit absolutely everything. So thank you for that, Bo. How are you not fatter than me? <laughs> uh, a lot of hiking. And honestly, like, I don't eat that much pie. Like, I, we used to eat pie all the time. And it's something that, you know, after after eating pie all the time for a few years, it just loses its luster a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I still love pie. But, like, I used to just sit there with a fork out of the pan. I wouldn't even cut up slices. I would just be eating yeah. it straight out of the pan. And now, you know, it's, it's a, pa- a piece every now and then. Yeah,
0: that's that's kind of the thing where like half the dishes in your kitchen are probably pie tins. And so you don't really have to wash them. You just like, just like oh, I'm just going to scrape out the last couple crumbs and chuck it <laughs> pretty <laughs> so, much. Yeah. I mean, it says here you're a Bears fan um, and a lot of the Bears fans I know, they didn't really come out from under their little cave rocks until the fields pick is that the case with you where you're kind of laying in the shadows wallowing in the andy dalton uh, reddish glow coming from the from the illinois area um is that the case uh with you did you finally just come out and like glare at the light once the fields pick happened
2: <laughs> no sir i have worn this fandom proudly my entire life through thick and through thin i am a ride or die bears fans I, I, i've been there And, I mean, I say through thick and thin, but really it's all been pretty thin. I mean, there hasn't been too much to get excited about. We kind of stumbled backwards into a Super Bowl when I was in high school, which was awesome. But, I mean, that team, you look at it, it was Rex Grossman at quarterback. Like, that team had no business making it into the Super Bowl. They just kind of ended up there. But, uh, yeah, you know, getting fields has been just uh, exactly what this team needed. It just injected all sorts of energy and excitement into a fan base that has just been absolutely destitute for so long. So I'm thrilled. But then, you know, once that wore off, it's like, you know, I I was hoping that honeymoon phase was just going to last all offseason. And (laughs) it It lasted all about 48 minutes. And then I started having flashbacks to Cade McNown and Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler and Mitch Trubisky and every quarterback that has just – seemingly come into soldier jim miller jim miller yeah i mean the list Garrett goes Kramer. on but they've all. oh my god I, I tried to make it easy you know i just talked about the four big ones but you want to go deep and talk about all of them. they've all regressed terribly in soldier you guys haven't had a good quarterback since sid luckman so it's uh it's been it's been a wild ride <laughs> I mean, I, I think that we had a good quarterback in Jay Cutler, and then the Bears franchise, the media, the fan base, whatever you want to call it, they just absolutely destroyed Jay Cutler. 4,700 yards and a Pro Bowl appearance at 24 years old before he came to Chicago. How did we ruin that? Like, how did we manage to ruin Jay Cutler? But, we'll uh, I need a cigarette. I need a cigarette.
1: Just <laughs> thinking about the Bears, man. I haven't smoked in, like, 10 years, and I'm just, like, getting itching for a cigarette, man. Uh, so, Smoking Jay. Have- I, yeah,
3: you know what?
1: <laughs> my wife my wife would love that just as much as Pete Over's wife loves when he goes into the man's character and decides to, you know, go rogue on his like, high high oh, tea. Man. Yeah, I'm not that high tea. Um what did you think though of and I I really did like the pick of Justin Fields. I had him as like my I think my third uh, best rated quarterback. Uh, And so I like that pick. I think it was a great pick uh, for Chicago. What do you think about Tevin Jenkins, though, slipping down into the second round? I almost like that more, uh, knowing how nasty he is as, as a lineman. What do you think about that?
2: Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I am a fantasy sports guy, so I'm not going to sit here and lie and pretend like I was scouting offensive (laughs) linemen prior to the draft because I'm I'm worried about the skill position players. But what I will say is I saw Tevin Jenkins get picked, and I knew that we had a huge need at offensive line. So I did what any Bears fan would do and went to YouTube and looked up Tevin Jenkins highlights, and my jaw just about hit the floor. He is a bad, bad man. I mean, that looks like just a – just I, I don't even know he's like Jabba the Hut, but he's got light feet and he can run around and just pancake people so I'm thrilled that's exactly what this that's uh, the guy you needed. want
0: to volunteer to step in front of you if Aaron Donald wants to fight you you're like hey mm, Tevin uh, mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes no he he looks like an absolute beast so yeah I mean it, it's not a name that I really knew before the draft but from what I've seen since we've drafted him I'm extremely excited because that was probably one of the uh the biggest soft spots for the Bears was their interior line, so getting to beef that up a little bit is fantastic. Uh, Jordan is himself is
0: an offensive line enthusiast, so I want to hear what he has to say about Tevin.
3: Well, for starters, Dave, I'm, I'm glad our teams could could high-five and do, do a cool trade so you guys can get your guy. That was a, that was a fun trade back. I got Terrace Marshall out of it. it no, wait, we're, we're this way, but... <laughs> So the 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 that violent video the the Tevin Jenkins the guy on YouTube he tweeted out he's like man I love Bears fans because he got like a million two million views on his video now that's <laughs> just hilarious but the I, I love the Tevin Jenkins pick it's scary what that dude's gonna have to do because he's gonna be the anchor and his all eyes are on him it Justin Fields is back there and like I'm scared of that O line I mean the Charles Leno cut I understand from the money perspective but it's like this dude was solid <laughs> uh, that I feel bad. Like you guys got your most talented quarterback you've ever had, but you're now putting him in a situation with an unhappy number one wide receiver in an offensive line. That's scary. Like I, I'm not, I'm not happy with it.
2: Like I'm hoping we, is Allen Robinson still unhappy. I think Allen Robinson was unhappy because of the quarterback situation. I haven't heard any news since, but you've got to expect that he's got a little, like there's got to be some sort of, Uplift in his spirits after they drive yeah. Justin Fields.
3: I just think it's the money. I think Allen Robinson wants to get paid,
2: and it's just weird that you
3: guys it. haven't paid him. Like, I don't I don't know what this man he
2: has. Like this an extension. <laughs> like, and you know what made it even worse is like they didn't want to pay Allen Robinson. And while they're going through these contract disputes with Allen Robinson, then they bring in free aging Kenny Galladay and they take him out for a dinner and they're trying to wine and dine Kenny Galladay. And it's like, you've yeah, got yeah, this guy who's done here, nothing Kenny, but produce for years. Yeah, and, and they wanted to pay Kenny Galladay that money while ignoring the fact that Alan Robinson was sitting there with his hands out, like, please, please, like I, I want to get paid and stay here. It was mind numbing to me.
1: Yeah, rid- ridiculous. I mean, and Bo and I even lambasted. You know, I I wrote Ryan Pace up in a little uh you know GM monologue. He he wrote Gettleman. Uh, and so we, 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 <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. We we got in the mind uh, overall. I got to say, I was impressed with Ryan Pace and what he did in in some of those moves he made. Uh. Honestly, I I thought he was on the hot seat. Uh, in Chicago, some of the things that he'd been doing lately, just they weren't great, uh, particularly in the last draft that they were the last couple of drafts that they've had. So uh, I love seeing just upgrades when I've been critical. I can be wrong. I think that was a really good one 2 punch to start the draft off for the Bears. Uh, and so I want to see fantasy purposes, what it's going to do. So we're not trying to put any projections out here, but we, you know, we go around the table, maybe start with Bo. Where do we see Justin Fields this year? Where, where do we see his, uh, you know, um, abilities kind of being used
0: by the Bears? Um, Well, hopefully the coaching staff notices that he's a lot more dynamic than Andy Dalton. He's more (laughs) talented than Andy Dalton. He's a stronger arm, more accurate arm. He's more mobile. He has more pocket presence. Uh, He's smarter as a passer than Andy Dalton ever has been. And he hasn't even played a single professional snap yet. And he's already better in every single category as a quarterback than Andy Dalton. So you can't throw out a tweet that he's QB1 and then draft a guy who's markedly better in every single facet of the game and not start the guy. If they if they if they start Dalton for more than 3 or 4 games, there's going to be burning buildings, burning cars, like like people in the streets are going to be unhappy and all those clever draft picks like the first good draft like you said the Bears have had in years and the people are going to get antsy. You're going to have a lot of pressure on the front office to move him along faster. And if they do put Justin Fields on the field at soldier field, he's going to put up, gigantic numbers because I mean look at the defenses in that division look at the schedule they kind of opened up last year it's not going to be too dissimilar they don't get the AFC South again but it's not going to be it's not going to be a tough schedule either this year so give me all the Justin Fields I think he'll still be the rookie QB to this season behind Trevor Lawrence
1: I love it yeah. I love it but let's go to Jordan because I want to save
3: the final word from you know Mr. <laughs> Chicago himself so uh, Jordan what do you think so I think Ryan Pace definitely just saved his job, and it's it's one of those big, big moves for him. Um, the thing is, is, like, everybody gives credit to the Tampa Bay GM, but this is the same guy that drafted Roberto Aguayo in the third round or second round. I'm not sure which round exactly. <laughs> like, like, I know that Ryan Pace did the Trubisky trade, and it's, it's absolutely awful. But now we're going to see whether or not Matt Nagy is a good OC because he's got a quarterback who can make all the throws in every part of the field. And I may not be the biggest fan of him, but now he's got the ability to do what he wants to do with an offense. He's got a quarterback that's smart. I'm hoping Fields gets brought in at the right time, whether that's week one or week five or six. Doesn't matter to me. I don't want him to be thrown (laughs) into the fire because there's absolutely no reason. Like This team just wants a quarterback that's dynamic <laughs> they just want fun they want to have a good time because they know they're not winning a super bowl next year they're just trying to see if they're going in the right direction
0: no i mean i like it uh i, I don't want you to, jordan i want you to ask dave how many games matt nagy has actually called plays in his entire coaching career
3: dave how, how many plays how many times has matt nagy called plays
2: uh my guess i think it's somewhere it's, Probably between 38 and 40 would be my guess. I know he uh, he's coached 48 games for the Bears now, and he took off the second half of last season, but I believe he called plays for the first two years in the first half of last year. So it's got to be around 30. Or I'm sorry, around 40. Do you know? Yeah.
0: I thought it was less than that.
2: No, I know no. that Bill
0: Lazor took over last year. Yeah,
2: Bill, Bill Lazor took over uh, midway through the year last year. The first time that he took over was that Monday night game against the Vikings, and that was – arguably the worst called game of the season. And then Bill Lazor kind of, you know, the, the next week he stepped it up a little bit and started uh, implementing a more run-heavy approach, which worked for the Bears, and they started winning some games. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both get a very unfair shake, if I'm being honest. There are two terrible Terrible, 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 terrible draft picks that Ryan Pace has made, and everyone talks about Mitch Trubisky being the worst. But I personally think that Kevin White at seventh overall was even a worse pick than Mitch Trubisky. We at least got four starting years out of Mitch Trubisky. Went to the playoffs twice with him. It wasn't great, but you know he was he was good enough to 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 win some games and go twenty eight and twenty. But that Kevin White one was just absolutely terrible. But when you look at what he's done in the late rounds, he's found a lot of really good talent late in the drafts. And he's made some aggressive moves in free agency to fulfill needs that we have. So really, I don't think that Ryan Pace really deserves to be on the hot seat. I feel like when you're in Chicago in one of these huge markets, you're just everything that you do is under a microscope. And then you have a huge rampant. Uh, fan base that is just very impatient and they just want to win 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 right now and that's not how it works in the NFL it takes time to build a team and I think that Ryan Pace is doing the right thing and then for Matt Nagy I know you know he's another guy that just gets ragged on all the time and he's made some bad plays or some some bad decisions as well but it's not that I think he's a bad coach overall I think when it comes down to clock management and play calling he's made some head-scratching moves but I do like his offense and you would see it a lot over the last few years where players would be wide open, but Mitch Trubisky would try to force the ball to somebody that he should have been looking at. Or Darnell Mooney would blow the top off the deep or th- blow the top off the defense, be wide open, and then couldn't get hit. So I think that if we have a quarterback that can hit those throws, I think all of a sudden Matt Nagy is gonna start looking like a very formidable coach. I feel like Mitch Trubisky is what was holding him back from being the quote unquote offensive mastermind that he claims to be. Yeah, and the, the guy missing Mooney all year was uh, Nick Foles. Like, it
0: was ugly. Like, you'd see Mooney would be open by, like, five yards. no Nobody around him, and, and Nick Foles would miss him by eight yards. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, and I don't know if Andy Don't know any better. I love, and, I love that
1: tweet. I love so that tweet. So, I had to pull this tweet up. Dave, this, this was, like, one of the best all-time tweets in fantasy uh, football <laughs> history that I saw. And as soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Uh, For those who are are listening and not watching, uh, it is, uh, you know, Woody's character from Toy Story getting painted over with the brush. Andy's name is being painted off of the bottom of his shoe. It is perfect. Andy Dalton out. What what did you think about Andy Dalton kind of coming in and then um, and then all of a sudden being a a backup in a mentor role?
2: Well, it didn't shock me at all. I actually tweeted right before the draft. I said, hey, you know, everybody is saying that Andy Dalton's going to be the week one starter. But I want to be so sure about that because just four years ago in 2017, the Bears went out and they gave Mike Lennon a three-year, $45 million contract. And everyone said, oh, cool, Mike Lennon, he's going to be the quarterback for the Bears for the next three years. (laughs) And then a month later, they traded up in the draft and drafted Mitch Trubisky. Fast forward four years, they go out and they give Andy Dalton a contract. And everyone says, cool, Andy Dalton's our quarterback. Draft night comes, trade up, draft a quarterback. So, I mean, it's, it, the writing was on the wall. Like Anybody that's been a Bears fan should have expected this to happen. It's exactly what they did in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, um, personally, I, I don't want them to see the same mistake that they did in 2017, though, which is roll out the veteran quarterback and then give into the fan and the media pressure if you get off to a slow start. I feel like they need to have a very sound plan for what they're going to do. If Justin Fields comes into camp and just takes over... Russell Wilson style and everyone says, wow, this guy can flick the ball, you know, put him in week one and let him do his thing if he's earned the job. If he hasn't, then sit him for either the full year or maybe put him in the last few weeks if it's a lost season. But I don't want to see them do what they did with Mitch Trubisky. And that was, um, you know, start the season with Mike Lennon. And then after a few rough games from Mike Lennon, you know, Mitch Trubisky was not in a position to start and it was – in the fourth quarter of a loss that Mitch Trubisky got his first time playing for the bears. They pushed him out there. And that's not how you want to start a game. You know, I I want Justin Fields first time, you know, playing quarterback for the bears to be where he can come out of the tunnel. He can get the team amped up. He can take on that leadership role and own every second of the game from kickoff until the final second. I don't want him going in and playing cleanup in a lost season or in a blowout game. That's how regression happens. And my biggest fear is that Matt Nagy is going to crack once again and do that with Justin Fields and just, you know, start the same thing that we have just seen over and over and over again as Bears fans.
1: Yeah, no, that's really well said. And I, you've seen it over and over again for coaches when they have that nice, shiny new toy, they, 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 they jump the gun. You know that they cannot control themselves. Dwayne Haskins was the same here in Washington. You heard the coaches say, "Listen, we're going to give him time. We're not going to make it so that he gets put under pressure." He only had a year, one year at Ohio State. Week five comes along, they're just like, ha, 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 "Your turn, go die, ha, goodbye." You know, and so <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the end of Dwayne Haskins. And then there were strippers. And then you know, I mean, fast forward, and he is a backup now on the Steelers so much so that they're like Big Ben please don't retire bro come on man come on we will draft you running back man we will draft you a nice running back so uh yeah it is a real thing and i hope that what you said goes uh exactly according to plan i would say i'd come out from from day 1 in camp and go this is our guy this is the guy we want we, he's got uh, the, the talent. He might not know everything yet, but we're going to get him there and we're going to have him be our guy from the start to the finish. I think that's just the best way to go about it myself. Uh, I don't like that weight year uh, personally, but you know, if they do that weight year, I'm okay with it. I think that's the second best option compared to, like you said, just throwing
0: him in there when, when it's a, a ideal situation can I, to crush. Can I jump in and disagree with both of you? No, some of no. the best quarterbacks we've ever <laughs> seen got thrown into the fire. And they, they Tom, Brady. Bros, Tom
2: Brady, Tom and John Brady,
0: <laughs> and Justin Herbert. Justin the, Herbert found oh, out he was playing God. thirty three minutes before kickoff during the national anthem. Tyrod Taylor got a syringe through his lung, and Herbert's like, "Hey, I guess I'm going to play now." And the dude didn't have a game plan installed. He didn't have anything installed for him. Guy goes out, goes, throws three touchdown passes and almost beats the defending world champs. And so I think if he does get thrown in, Fields can show himself to be special. If he is truly special, is he can be trial by fire. If he's good enough, he'll rise above it.
2: And I have heard that from a lot of people like my, my friends that are Ohio state fans and know Justin Fields a lot better than I am. That's what they've said, that he has that character, that work ethic and that chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. that he will be able to just take over and turn the franchise around. a la you know, Deshaun Watson in the Houston Texans. So, Tony you know, that, Romo came obvious, in the same way, Tony Romo came in mm-hmm. the same
0: way. And that's one of the highest QBRs in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know- I,
1: and here's the thing I like, though, that Dave is kind of alluding to. It's the it's the ownership of the team, and and uh, you know we, we forget though uh, when we when we just kind of plug and play do fantasy watch the game show up this is a dynamic that is building especially a leadership dynamic the quarterback is the leader of your offense they need to be the one who knows the most information you know maybe you you're a rookie you don't know everything but you need to to be the front of that spear the tip of the spear so uh leading stem to stern really does bring the whole team together and rally around him i think like you said though he has to be in a position to be successful in training camp and if he's you know overthrowing wide receivers doesn't know the playbook is ineffective then yeah it doesn't behoove them to put him out there but i think i agree with bo i do think he will rise above uh, and hopefully they just start him from the beginning and he just
0: crushes from the break uh because i mean that's that's what this show's been doing you know uh and, i think uh, if justin fields is worth it you could throw him in the second quarter like after andy gets his hair messed up or something and like down by 21, and him made an epic comeback win and then never look back. If he's yeah. that, if he's truly that good, then throw him in any situation. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter.
2: You're getting me excited. Getting me really excited, though. <laughs> you know, I, I feel up. like. I, wonderful. <laughs> I mean, my. my, my it, it has been a pendulum ever since NFL draft. Like, obviously, you guys saw it. You all follow me on Twitter. I don't think nope. I've ever been more excited than I was on draft night. You know, I was just. <laughs> tweet after tweet, just going insane that we got our guy. And then a few days later, it kind of sizzled down. And I was like, wait, you know, I've done this before. Like, I I convinced myself that Mitch Trubisky was going to be the guy. And I convinced myself that Jake Cutler was going to be the guy. And then I started kind of just like wallowing and just shrinking and like, ah, yeah, here we are again. And then I talked to some people that are like, no, you know, Justin Fields, he's a guy that can step up. So it's been a nonstop. I don't know how to feel. I'm just – could it be September already, man? I, I just got to see this guy <laughs> on the field and see what he can so, do.
0: Yeah. You know what you are known for, Dave? I've watched a lot of your shows. I mean, we've we've been, interacted a lot on Twitter. I've watched a lot of your shows. I'm sure you've watched at least a, one or two of my shows. Um, but – One thing I've noticed about you is that you pay attention, you take notes, and you know how to sleuth things out about the people that come on (laughs) your shows. Like I don't know how you dig up some of the (laughs) little factoids. Like it's like unmined data. You're like finding blocks. Sean
1: Evans is he the Sean Evans of
0: the fantasy world? You know he might be better than Sean Evans. Whoa, we're talking. We're talking oh Sherlock Holmes of Fantasy Football Circle. He's oh like, he'll, he'll read your face and tell you how what your favorite color is, basically. So <laughs> oh have you done God. any research and sleuthing to uh, anybody on this show to prepare?
2: I have not. You know, you guys are all pretty good <laughs> friends of mine. I feel like I know you somewhat well already. Like, I, I've talked to all of you guys a lot, and, and I know you personally. And that's why when I go into these shows, a lot of the times when I'm having guests on, there are people that I have no interaction with no history with it ever. And and yeah, you know, I I, I creep. I, I really do. And and thank you for saying Sean Evans because I absolutely love hot ones and I feel like I get a lot of my like overrated. flair and style from watching. I, I, I love it. I think Sean Evans overrated. is
1: overrated. Boat back bad boat. Love hey, Sean I
0: love I love Sean Evans, but Hot Ones is so overrated. I mean, I'm a hot sauce guy. How how can I be a person of that industry and not look at it from a different angle, well, me- a different lens? I'm looking through a different lens where I've tried a lot of those hot sauces, and I know mine is better. So what what am I going to do? They're going to hype it up. They're going to charge $25 for a bottle of hot sauce just from hype, and it's inferior. Okay, so here here's the thing.
1: I'm going to well, say –
2: I agree with that. I agree.
0: Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just gonna say, but this is the key. But Bo- Bose is better than all of those, right? But what's so cool about Sean Evans is that he does what you said, Dave does. Is he deep dives into the people that he interviews. He gets to know them. He gets to care about them. And he makes a real good connection and a bond and builds relationships. So I think, in that sense, I would say that that's how you know Dave kind of reminds me uh, of Sean in that. Oh, but yeah. I would say also the wings need a lot of work. I remember I watched an old episode recently, and the, and this is from like season one or two. And the guest was eating them and they're like these, these are terrible. These are the worst things I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, and then the, the and the Sean Sean was like, you know, actually these are probably the best we've ever made. You know, so, <laughs> they're better now. I know, but like even even that about them is like, yeah, the sauces. Some of them taste like like you know your elbow. You know, and so um yeah, but your sauces I just want to say you know um better
2: better sauce It yeah. is. I've actually gotten some of the sauces from hot ones and none of them come close to what you've got you know the the, the stuff that you make is unbelievable. but but to go back really quickly so uh, you know Sean Evans obviously love him and he does that where he pulls up these like random little factoids. And then another guy that I've watched a lot, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Narwar. he is an interviewer that interviews rappers and he just like, digs really deep and you see it all the time and when you ask questions and he'll pull out these little factoids and you see that it instantly the person that's getting interviewed becomes so engaged when they're like wow like you just that's something i haven't heard in a long time and and it's something that really just jumped out to me and you'd see the same thing on hot ones with sean evans so i said i want to bring this to my show and what i do on that and, and it's not every show i do but i'm the show that i do with on on fridays with stuff we always have you know big guests on there so Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it usually starts with Google and then it just kind of spider webs out from there, but I've done everything from, uh, yeah, we had a Thor Nystrom on a while ago and I found a, it was a, uh, a journal entry that he had written that was publicized when he was a freshman in college that I was able to find uh, and we were able to yes. talk about it on the show. And he's like, after the show, he's like, I've done hundreds of shows. You were the first person that ever found that and talked about it. And yeah, it's just, it's a really one. cool way for the the guests to get engaged. And it's something yeah. that I, I take a lot of pride in. No, that's yeah, you awesome. Should. You yeah.
1: Well, it, it's cool. Cause you know, Bo watches other people's shows and then he like, Evaluates what is effective. He's like, I love that. That's a great thing. So, you know, we're watching and we're seeing all those amazing things and uh, we love it, man. And uh, everybody does love Dave, by the way. I think Bo was right. Now, I'm going to say it. We've been been hedging it for a long time. I want to officially say this is the world's sexiest DFS show now. We've been saying, we've been saying for (laughs) for now. We've been saying for now. (laughs) We've been prefacing it with this is the world's sexiest show for now. For now. But we're saying, now it is the world set because Dave is on it is official right, right now um, <laughs> I know right right, meow meow and this is also a great time to plug and do a little plug before, before we go to commercial too uh, I'm going to plug hot box batch you can go over to bigflavorcode.com get yourself some of this it is ridiculous the scovils are off the charts but the taste is even better and then go over to Viridian Global and get yourself some hot box merch uh, I, I have a little bit of merch on right now you don't have to actually work out to wear the gear folks <laughs> 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 Peter, I'm, I'm rocking it out don't tell troy or john i didn't work out today but
0: i i look fresh so see john's killing himself on like day 69 or something right, and right. troy's dripping with sweat after his covid shot and here's <laughs> here's scott with a bottle of hot sauce and his schmedium, his medium from viridian
1: <laughs> you yeah. know what I, I love it all. All the stuff from Pretty and Global is fire. You know, Nimble with Numbers will be over there soon enough. Uh, shout out Will Harrison, all all the great people over there. Yes, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to take a quick uh, three-minute commercial break. You know, I don't like commercials, but you know what? We'll be back after that. Bo, tease us up. What are we going to talk about when we get back with Dave? Is, is there some... High possibilities with with
0: controversial food takes. Oh my god! We're gonna dig deep. We're We're gonna 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 dig deep and see what Dave really, where his allegiances really lie. (laughs) We're, We're gonna get canceled. Oh, and we
1: have an appearance already. Uh, watch out! Watch out! The it,
0: better kluge has arrived.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying any of those things. I'm not saying uh, I will.
0: I love- I'm that guy. I will say whatever's
1: on I my love- mind. <laughs> I'm,
0: a, I'm, I'm getting Kluge
1: So I feel like I, I have
2: to say right now. She was. We don't. You know. She always makes her own homemade whipped cream, and she was like, "Hey, I'm gonna make a whipped cream pie." And I said, "Do you know how much money I have in audio and video and computer and sports memorabilia?" I was like, "You are not slapping me in the face with a whipped cream pie on a show today."
0: See, if you had that
2: stuff insured, you
0: wouldn't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I don't have my stuff insured either, Bo, and I would be worrying about it. Uh, all right. This is great. All right. We'll be back, guys, in three minutes. All right. Thanks. It is the Wide Sports Radio Network.
2: Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to
1: f*** shit up. Now back to Chalk Blocked with Bo and Scott. Boom it!
0: Welcome back to Chalk Blocked, the world's sexiest DFS show right now. Right now. Yep. That, right yeah, now, we got right? Scotty Stacks, the math magician. We are getting hashtag Klugeed all night tonight. Um, I've been getting Klugeed since this afternoon when I was watching the Friday show with Steffi Smalls. I mean, getting Klugeed is actually a lot of fun. It's exhilarating. It's a rush. Um, I'd probably do it every day of the week and twice on Sunday if I could afford it. Um, but, yeah, this show, this Show that's going off the rails right now is brought to you by BigTimeFlavorCode.com. That is home of the world's most deliciously intense hot sauce, condiment. Anything you put on food, it's the most deliciously intense condiment on planet Earth. Hot box gourmet hot sauce. It's also home to its Taco Season. That's Cluckin' Hot, which is a Nashville hot seasoning. And as well as Smoke Shack Barbecue Rub, which is good enough to eat with a spoon. And... Yeah, if you guys go to BigTimeFlavorCode.com and enter the promo code chalk 21 you get 10% off your order. And that stands as long as you're a viewer of this show. That's the only way you're going to hear that promo code. So if you got this promo code in, the, in your head, you can write it down. You can put it in your phone notes. 10% off with the promo code chalk 21 on BigTimeFlavorCode.com. Scott, you have you have a bill to pay, don't you?
1: What? We, mean? We're all...
0: I, mean, us four, have occupied and creeped and lurked in the underdog best ball drafts for a couple of weeks now. Solid, where I think all four of us are in like fifteen drafts already.
1: I mean, I, <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna,
0: know. I'm gonna do a clean sweep on all of them. I don't know why you guys even try.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Really, myself, you know, I'm, I'm not involved in any type of shenanigans. Okay, fine, fine, you caught me. Uh, I, I have been tasked, you know, by the good people at Underdog to spread the gospel. Uh, and the Basket. good news, uh, yeah, the gospel of best Ooh. ball season. It, it, it is right now Ooh. is the time to get in on best ball season. Uh, you know, there's so many people who are on Underdog. I think we had a draft yesterday, I think it was, that had mm-hmm. uh, at least three of us in it. I don't think Bo jumped in there in time, but, uh, you thinking. know, oh look at that. I love that. My man, my man Dave Chappelle in there. He <laughs> got some more- Got those underdog leagues?
3: <laughs> right. right. Got the baseball league,
1: Right. Uh, we were in there. It was Troy King was in there. I mean, everybody was there. I loved it. It was great. So please do check out Underdog Fantasy. Promo code NIMBLE if you're a new customer. The, one of the, my favorite games I play every single night is a game called Rivals, where you can go and you can pick head-to-head matchups between players, and, and they will give points, assists, rebounds, whatever it is. You parlay five picks. You get – 20 max. The other day I hit a 20 max, $1, 20 bucks. You can bet up to a hundred. You put a hundred bucks in, you get five, right? You're getting
0: $2,000. So I I got a bone to pick on those ones though. Yeah. I was, I was, I was two strikeouts away from hitting 20 X money and Mm. the Mets the stinking Mets pulled Jacob DeGrom in the, after the sixth inning with the nine strikeouts with a ten, over a ten and a half prop, and I had hit all four of the other ones. And <laughs> oh De, Jacob God. DeGrom has nine Ks through six, and I'm cruising. He's averaging 14 Ks to start his last four before that, and the Mets pulled him. They the, the, pulled him. <laughs> Jerry, they pulled him! Yeah, I mean, yeah. It,
1: it's uh, it's not good for you, Bo, but it's good if you get over there on Underdog and please do play. Uh, I know we'll be in there tomorrow playing and doing a, a best- Don't take press. the over on the Mets. No, always take, and if, if it's a <laughs> Lindor... Total bases, one and a half, always go Zero. under, always go under the one and a half. <laughs> if it's a half, go under the half on Lindor. That's all I have to say if you're playing over there. <laughs> all right. It's Bo is Bo, Bo teasing some some spicy food take. Uh, I, I'm going to let Bo lead off as the, the food magician on this show. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, homage to my man Bo, who, I mean, created his own freaking sauce over here. That's my favorite sauce I've ever had in my whole life. So, but what do you have on this uh, food controversy?
0: So, I like to. I think we're going to start a new tradition. Well, it's not new, but I want to ask every guest of Chalk Blocked if they have any controversial food takes. But for Dave here, it's a two-part question: Do you have any controversial food takes? And as the spouse of a culinary expert, are you even allowed to have controversial food takes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I can have my, my own food takes. And the one that is going to get me flamed because I'm sitting here with the Chicago Bears helmet behind me, Chicago Bears memorabilia everywhere, I love ketchup on my hot dog. And okay. it is something that if you're in Chicago, I mean, like they will literally pull your card from you and be like, you're no longer Chicagoan. I don't care. It just yeah. goes so well together. I, I love ketchup on a hot dog and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. I'm doing it. You Dave I that? Love-
0: the Bears disowned Dave Kluge. He <laughs> likes ketchup on his hot dog. I, I, you know what, Dave? <laughs>
1: Dave, you know what? I'm gonna say I love you because my daughter, who lives here in Maryland, she's not from any regional, you know, she just has hot dogs. So she had a hot dog the other day. We're outside on the deck, and she had two. She couldn't finish both. She goes, Dad, you you finish the other one. So great. She had some ketchup, we're dipping, and I said, Listen, you're gonna go places in life. People are going to say, how dare you put ketchup on that on that hot dog? And she goes, what? I go, I know. No, they will. They will. They'll look down on you. They'll be rude to you. I said, they'll say things. They'll mock you, whatever it is. I said, and it's because they think only mustard should go on. I said, this is what I believe. I believe ketchup, mustard, nacho cheese, salsa, hot sauce, onions, peppers, chili, whatever Bacon. can go on that thing. Bacon, right. Put it on. Chai, whatever the hell you want to put on your hot dog put it on, and if you got a problem with that, I'm gonna smack you in my face with my hot dog. You know what I'm saying? I didn't tell her that. I didn't. Like, <laughs> just said this is this is what I like on mine. Anybody should be free to have their own hot dog. And she said, "Yes, Dad." Like that's my soul too. so But I wanted to know. She's gonna go places. I going to look down at her. It's
0: You're a, a lot nicer thing. than I was to my daughter. My daughter loves ketchup on a hot dog, and I kicked her out of the family.
2: She's eight years old, and she's out of the family. So. <laughs> I just yeah. want you to know that I'm going to be splicing that clip right there and be prepared to see. I'm going to slap you in the face with my hot dog all over Twitter <laughs> for the next couple of months. <laughs> Jordan will meme it. I, I think Jordan's already built a meme for it. Um, Anytime somebody but, disagrees with you, it's just going to be a video of Scott. I'm going to slap you in the face with my hot face. dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I love it. So, yeah, I, my daughter is no longer part of the family because she likes ketchup on her hot dog. So, I mean, it's a harsh world. She's going to grow thick skin to survive. Um, but okay, mustard, yeah. pickles, relish, whatever you want, just anything, anything. Like in Chicago, they'll literally put the kitchen sink on a hot dog,
2: but no ketchup. And, I and think don't get me wrong, I, I love a Chicago style hot dog. Like, I, I will eat a Chicago hot dog and I'll love it. But if I'm just at a barbecue and, you know, there's a bunch of condiments sitting out and I grab a hot dog, I'm putting ketchup on it and that's it. Like, if they've got the full works, if they've got sports peppers and onions and relish and all that, yeah, I'll, I'll dress it up like a Chicago dog. But if my choices are just ketchup or just mustard, I'm going yeah. just ketchup. That's a
0: California yeah. thing, too. It's weird. Like, you go to any kind of cookout, and it's ketchup, mustard, and relish. And I hate sweet relish. I think sweet relish should be illegal. Yeah, um, like yeah. Dill, dill, cool. relish, dill relish is delicious. But yeah. sweet relish is absolutely –
2: I can't even think about it. The biggest right. trick is the celery salt. The celery salt is what ties an entire hot dog, Chicago hot dog together. If you don't have that yes. celery salt on there, mm-hmm. it's nothing. And it's mm-hmm. also the main
0: ingredient in an Old Bay seasoning, so no surprise there. People love it. Mm-hmm. It's so
1: good to talk educated food with you boys because I just like to eat it. I don't know much about all of the preparations <laughs> for it, um, but I did tweet out. Uh, I think I tagged your wife in it, Dave. I said it is second best only to to your wife's pies. Was my double layer nachos that I had before the show. I didn't even finish them. Some of them over here, but uh, your your wife's cooking. Uh, it, it, she. I showed my wife. So here's how you know. You know. Uh, you know, it's cool. Is it when another guy goes, honey, honey, wait, let me show you this. You're going to love this. Why can't like, you, you do, do this? this on? No, 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 no. I said, this is on Twitter. Are you sure I want to see this? I see lots of stuff. And then afterwards I go, why did you show me that? And I go, no, this is baking. And this is incredible baking. I showed her all the work that your wife had done the other day where she had shown what her, her day was like. And we were just so impressed because we had watched MasterChef Australia about 10 years ago. We we got into appreciating culinary expertise. I watched your wife do the spinning wheel today. It was like therapy, man. It was cool. So uh, t- just crazy, Susan. Before, yeah, before you get a pie in the eye, I do want to hear a little bit about the, the pie background and kind of, you know, where that got started. And, and you're kind of you talked about eating the pies. But how do you support your wife and her uh, culinary expertise and, and how she does that stuff?
2: So she's always been a phenomenal cook. Like that's, you know, the the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And you know, the first time we ever hung out, like we were just grilling and cooking food. And I was like, wow, like she's an amazing cook. But the baking is something that came around pretty recently. Like when we first got together, she was amazing on the grill. And that's where she did a lot of her culinary stuff. But this was uh, right before we moved out to Colorado. So it was fall of 2018. And we went on the most basic you know, fall trip imaginable. We were in Chicago. We drove up to Door County, Wisconsin, which is, if you look at Wisconsin, it's got that tiny little peninsula that kind of shoots up into Lake Michigan. So we went up there and it's known for apple picking. So, you know, we put on our flannels and like I said, the most basic trip possible, walking around with bushels, <laughs> pulling apples from trees Pump and, spice and then we got to in your hand. <laughs> Pretty much. You were, yeah, you were I mean, wearing it, Ugg boots, weren't you? You were Dave was wearing Ugg boots, wasn't he? the the furry ones yeah you know tom brady i saw him in that advertisement and i just couldn't help myself (laughs) i can see it now clear as day i can see it But, but then but then we came home and we just had like three baskets of apples and i don't like eating apples so we're like what do we do with all these apples so she decided to whip up a pie and just looked up whatever basic recipes she found online and we were like wow this is this is pretty good and then you know, apple pie turned into something else and into something else and then it just kinda of became this thing and it just it spun out of control and, and I've now that I'm, I mean it has- I've seen that movie the the one where they they go apple picking and start about the apple pie turned into something else
0: (laughs) oh
3: god
1: (laughs) jordan might not have they
0: lived happily ever after
1: jordan are you old enough to see that movie yet
3: (laughs) i'm not sure what we're talking about but i'm scared all i know is this is this is made by our good friend craig and (laughs) And I, I, I'm leaving it as my background for the rest of the show. I don't. I'm okay. Yes. with... I love Craig. I love Craig. I love Craig. I love Craig. He made it a gift, and I can't. Oh, Craig. so great! <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't
1: wait for uh, for Jordan's UGG boots picture of Dave in the UGGs tomorrow. Apple oh, picking, don't worry. Oh my God! I got. I got I a figure of boots. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, well, well, so let me ask you a question. So she went from being a, a great, you know, just grill and cook and putting things together to getting into baking. Is she doing And she's doing that professionally now, right? Is that where kind of she's... So did she start her own company? Did she kind of just jump into something somebody else was doing? How, how did that go?
2: So she's got both. She started her own company first. And, uh, you know, she's going to be in the farmer's markets out in Colorado this year, which is awesome. So uh, we live right in downtown Fort Collins, so it's walking distance from us obviously we'll be driving because there's going to be a lot of stuff but it's just a few blocks away from us they've got this great weekly farmer's market and she'll be there almost every single weekend and then she also works for a gluten-free baker in the area who does a lot of fulfillment for whole foods and, and some other places in here but that's a very small business and she's been working there for a while as well um but yeah it's been it's been really cool to see it grow you know we uh definitely one of the one of the first big breaks for us was going back home to chicago uh we went back for thanksgiving we just put a, you know, she had her website up for a while and we were doing some deliveries and stuff out here. And, uh, well, actually, you know, even before the, the delivery in Chicago, uh, COVID really actually kind of kicked this off for us a little bit because we were doing delivery. And when everything went to delivery, uh, what we were doing was anytime somebody would purchase a pie, she'd match a pie and give it to a frontline worker. So whether it be a healthcare worker That's or a awesome. fireman, whatever it was. So, um, you know, we, we were able to donate over 200 pies during that time. And she just absolutely crushed it there. And then we went back home this year for Thanksgiving, you know, loaded up a truck with a cooler and drove from Fort Collins all the way back to Chicago. What we thought was going to be like 30 or 40 pies. She ended up selling over 200 pies just to friends and family back home in Chicago. So that was three straight days of, you know, we would leave the kitchen, go lay down, take like an hour nap, pop back up, go back to the kitchen, just Three straight days of living in the kitchen. So mm-hmm. she's a hard worker, but you know, even better than the hard work is just the amazing skill and the taste of these pies.
0: Yeah, you we're coughing up flour for a week after that. I bet. Oh, man. Yeah. No joke.
1: Yeah. He had red eyes and white under his nose, and people were like, "Say d- 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 hey, hello to my little friend. What's going on? man? he's like, nothing. I just can't sleep anymore. I haven't slept in
2: three days.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, well, you know, I love hearing how you teamed up with your wife, collaborated, and helped her, you know, just achieve. I mean, she's the skilled. You're the sous chef is how it all kind of works, you know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so grab that one screen grab yeah but you you gotta just love uh you know you there working with your wife my wife will love this because i already showed her the pictures of your wife you know all the amazing stuff that she made i told her you were coming on the show tonight so you know rose uh says hi to emily and shout out your my wife to your wife so well
2: actually I, i forgot i should even rewind a little bit before that, right before everything happened with, you know, COVID and the pandemic, that's actually when she got her big break was selling to a restaurant, there was a restaurant that was buying her pies and selling them by the slice. And that happened for about three weeks before every restaurant suddenly shut down. And then that's when we kind of threw together the idea to start, you know, delivering to frontline workers and, and, and doing that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, no. And as my wife being a frontline worker, whenever she would get something like that from somebody, a meal or something special, it really meant a lot. Like it would just, just cause at the end of the day, it's so hard. And so I love how you guys are looking out for the community and caring for folks. And uh, yeah, I love her Scott fish pie. Shout out Scott fishbowl. Like she, she is just like every day putting out, fire stuff and she's funny too, you know, uh like she's putting out, you know, like when she falls on the floor drunk, you know, stuff like that. Like I I, I you know what I mean? Like
2: yeah, those were like, my amazing photography skills, by the way. I, I, I wonder
1: <laughs> I wonder, you know, that angle was just like somebody walking by and being like, is that person yeah, that person's on the ground? Yep. Like okay.
2: Pretty accurate. <laughs> I,
1: rec-
0: I recognize that pose from being a Chico State grad. I've seen a lot of that. It's usually, it's usually not in the safety of your own house. It's usually on the sidewalk. But
2: oh, um, yeah, uh, this good. was an Airbnb in Arizona. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: it's
2: pretty safe then.
1: Yeah. The last, the last uh, restaurant, America, the, the last uh, nice hotel we went to, we went to a wedding. Uh, in arkansas yeah. and it was a beautiful hotel and my wife's gonna kill me for telling the story because she's never been drunk in her whole life and she went to a wedding and had the time of her life and just lived it up and it was the best she loved it you know And at the end of the night she was just like i don't love it anymore oh my god i, all I was like yeah welcome to like just everybody else's experience with drinking you know she was like this is terrible and i was like yeah no it's gonna get worse so uh you know, it's, your wife just seemed like a professional. Like, she actually was able to tweet it out. You know what I mean? Like, that, first of all, was impressive. You know what I mean? And so, I love it. And then the gif of people going to ambulances. Jordan, did you put that out there? Of, like, someone's, yeah. uh Dave's <laughs> wife getting taken away in an ambulance yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, was, she was retweeting that out there. I was like, oh, man, you gotta love this, man.
0: You know? Yeah, so. I did the one where it's, like, a Dave right after snapping the picture. Come on, do something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. That was a funny one. That was, you know, and and that wasn't even so much the drinking. What that was, we were going to a wedding in Arizona, and leading up to this wedding, we said, hey, you know, rather than just flying from Colorado to Arizona, let's go do a whole national park tour. So we spent, uh, it was eight nights out of our car, not a single night in a hotel no showers, just absolutely disgusting. And we did, um, you know, (laughs) Black Canyon to the Gunnison, we hit everything in Utah, Arches, you know, uh, Zion, Bryce Canyon, then we went down to Sedona, the Grand Canyon. So we did an eight night trip. And then we showed up that morning in Arizona, checked into the Airbnb, showered for the first time in almost a week, and then immediately went to this wedding and it hit us both like a Mack truck as soon as we started having a couple drinks. (laughs)
0: Yeah, mm. so she's in the chat saying that it was completely the booze. It's like that, it, might, it might have been the booze, too. It might have been the booze, too. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, so That's that's kind of where I'm leading. Are you guys you guys do a lot of mountain climbing. That's that's one little piece of information I dug up for Dave and Dave and Emily do a lot of mountain climbing um, outdoorsy stuff. I'm like you might not tell because I'm so wide. I barely fit in the screen here, but I love the outdoors. I love camping. We go off grid my wife and I Um, and and it's it's just everything you want to be even though I haven't climbed a mountain in about a decade hence the build um are you guys the camel pack and trekking poles type of couple where you're up there just all obnoxious in your in your name brand like uh, like your gargoyle sunglasses and I, patagonia you know, I, everything
2: I, I, I... I think it depends on the trip that we're doing, but yeah, you know, I definitely like a camelback just for the ease of, you know, the, the, the the atmosphere out here, it's thin, you know, you get dehydrated quickly. So I've got a three liter camelback and that's usually gone by the time I get back to the car, just pounding that thing. Um, as for the trekking poles, no, that's not something that I do all the time, but when we're doing long trips our honeymoon, we did almost a full month of climbing. Like we, we were gone for, I think it was 14 nights Then we came back home and that was supposed to be the end of our honeymoon. We spent two nights at home and just got the itch. We're like, what what are we doing? Like, we don't have anything. Let's just go back out. So then we immediately hopped in the car and went back out for another week. Um, During that time, I think we climbed 12 or 13 peaks. But when you're doing it every single day where you're just waking up, Packing everything in your bag and hiking, you almost need trekking poles. I mean, I'm I'm no young spring chicken anymore, and when you're carrying around a 50 pound bag up and down mountains, it starts to hurt your knees a little bit. So you need those trekking poles. But if we're just going out for a quick day hike, you know, we'll, we'll usually leave the trekking poles in the car. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, I have to ask. I have to, sorry, buddy. I'm going to cut you off. I have to ask though. Given that uh, parameter of uh, you know your experience with all the wildlife and all things, what what has the closest you guys have come to A bear, a mountain lion, a wolf, uh, whatever it is, kind of in your ups and downs in in the world.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, a a lot of encounters. Luckily, nothing with a mountain lion, but uh, there was a guy that was attacked by a mountain lion running on a trail that I run all the time, like, you know, five minutes from my house. Some guy just recently was attacked by a mountain lion. But the craziest story I have was was pretty recent. Um, Emily and I, we've got this spot that we like, you know, it's about a 45 minute drive and then it's about a two hour hike up. And we like to get up there really early in the morning. Um, It's not technically in Rocky Mountain National Park, but you kind of hike right up to the border of Rocky Mountain National Park. And there's just peaks and and lakes and waterfalls all over. It's just stunning up there. And what we like to do is get up there really early, watch the sunrise come up. And there's a lot of moose that live up there that graze in this big alpine pasture. So we're walking up there and the sun is just starting to come up. Like it's you know very, very early dawn. And we see what looks like a giant, I thought it was a Great Dane at first. I see this giant, dog is exactly what I thought it was walk across the path and we just kind of stopped and then I looked and I was like that's not a dog and then a mama moose comes walking out so we immediately just kind of back up we realized that they were doing their thing wanted to give them as much space as possible so we go off trail about 100 feet and we're just walking completely off trail in thick grass and we come up on a sleeping bull moose and we've got our dog with us at the time so I see this moose and my instinct kicks in, and I take off running. I run, you know, about ten bounds, and then I turn around, and Emily was frozen. And this moose started charging her; was coming straight at her, and kind of bluffed her right way. You know, it was one stride away from her, and then it just broke left and ran around her. But I thought I was about to watch Emily get trucked by a thousand-pound moose. That was yeah, and that was like the most terrifying. Tall at the shoulder. Yeah, and, and we've had a ton of run-ins with moose. You know, there, There's a lot of moose out here, and they're, they're pretty docile for the most part. We've had nights where we're sitting around a bonfire, and a moose just comes sauntering through our camp and just doesn't even pay us any noise or attention at all. But this one, this one specific morning, and I think it was because there was a baby there, and we came up on him sleeping, he was pissed, and that was scary.
1: <laughs> that is very scary. Uh, yeah, my, my my encounter that I had was with a black bear, and it had it didn't want to have anything to do with us, and so we were on the elbow of a corner, and there was a couple in front of us. The black bear. We were in Glacier National Park, and uh, mm-hmm. it walked up, saw this. Um, Asian couple was there and they start yelling uh, and we're like, Oh, this is, what what is it? Like we we were excited. We run around and what went behind us and then I chased it because I had to get a picture, you know? And so that's the (laughs) ideal, not smart. (laughs) That's the ideal. Listen, listen, (laughs) if if it was, if it was October, I would not have chased the black bear, but in June, uh, and there was a bunch of old people up on the the path where he was going, he wasn't going for me. There was, there was fresh meat where he was headed or she, and it was, it wanted to get away from people, but I did get a picture of it. Uh, but then, you know, my wife did chastise me like Bo's doing right now. So, um, but (laughs) your your story is much scarier because that is something that you couldn't control. You, you were running away from it. Uh, and, and, uh, so I'm glad your wife is okay. You know, really excited. If if,
2: if you got one time for one more, and this one isn't a wildlife story, but this is the, this is the scariest one we've ever had. This was, uh, we were actually climbing Mount Wilson, the one that's on the Coors Light Can. And it's a it's a big mountain. It's near Telluride, Colorado. It's over 14,000 feet tall. And it's a very technical climb. You know, it's not just hiking up, uh, up the top on your two feet. You know, you're climbing your way to get up to the top of this mountain. So, you know, I've, I've got a little guide that's shown us where we're supposed to go. And we come up to this gully where it's a lot of loose rock and, you know, it drops down about 10 feet. And it, it was pretty short, you know, it was only about five feet across. And the guy that I'm looking at says that we need to hike down about 800 feet to the bottom of that gully, cross at the bottom, and then come all the way back up. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. So I I find this one spot in the gully where I think this looks like something that I can kind of, you know, maneuver my way through. There was a huge rock right in the middle of it. So I said, I'm going to kind of jump off this rock and then jump across the gully. As soon as I hit that rock, it came loose out of the rocks and just completely went out from under me. So I had to grab onto the wall as this rock, is bouncing eight hundred feet. The rock hits the bottom, and this giant boulder cracks completely in half. As I am holding on to the wall with eight hundred feet of nothing below me, and that was the first time I ever froze. You know, my my wife she was you know supporting me, but I was crying like a baby. I thought that was it. I thought I was gonna die right there on the side of the mountain. That was that was a scary one, but. You know, I ended up uh, getting back, and, and we finished the climb. But that was that was a scary, scary moment.
1: What did the what did the the so I say the Sherpa or the guy? What what did the guide say to you uh, after? Oh that? no no no!
2: This was a paper guide that I had printed oh, out on the no. internet. It was oh, the two was of not, us. There was it was a no, very little No, Oh, so it there was nobody else on the mountain. It oh, was the wow. two of us, <laughs> and that was it
1: okay i I thought somebody was there going okay we have to go down and you were like "Ah, i'm just gonna risk it bro uh and he was like (laughs) i don't think you should do it you're like i am just hold my beer you know so this
2: (laughs) is boulder see the (laughs) boulder really
1: fine did she she (laughs) pull you up or did you pull yourself up once you
2: i was able to kind of get up and then i found a little area that had flattened out a little bit and i was able to get back across but i mean that i was like laying on my belly pretty much like crawling across it was that was, you know, of all the encounters that we've had out in, out in the wilderness, off the grid, that was by far the scariest. We were, uh, just the hike to get to that spot was about seven hours away from the car. No cell phone service, just out in the middle of nowhere. That was a scary one. We, uh, we, we took a couple of days off after that. We're like, all right, no climbing. Let's just hang out. We'll sit around a fire. We'll drink some beer. We'll, we'll go climb a mountain in a couple days, but let, let, let's relax on this trip for a couple days. We deserve it. We, to-
1: we totally do. Uh, paper bag ready yeah seriously uh so w- before we go cuz we're 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 up against time but we're almost done uh I, we we do have to ask you a question about fancy football because you know that's important that's kind of well, that's why jordan's here at least you know what i mean that's what the math magicians <laughs> here for and to, and to meme us with with all his great memes and stuff uh but w- you you have been um touting as we say as a tout uh this zero wide receiver strategy uh, that's Woo. the kind of yeah.
0: It's He's not, my guy.
1: It's it's not as robust as as zero running back where, where they'll let you know like no after round seven it's after round bra- you got to go to round seven
0: so I know that you're not doing it's that as the guy brainwashed by Denny Carter now listen listen no
1: I'm not brainwashed <laughs> by anybody this is what happened to me I make fun of zero RB just to bother Denny it's literally just a joke between me and no no, no you bought the T shirt I know no I didn't so Will Harris from Veridian just sees me. And he just sees me going zero RB on there all the time. Just hashtag zero RB. I'll put a, like a, a picket fence that's broken up. I'll be like zero RB moved in next door, you know? And so he just, like, he just he just associates me with it. So then he gave me a zero RB strategy. And so then I don't know if you saw my funny video, but then I said, I was going to go undercover as a zero RB guy. And then I did, some you know, zero RB shtick. So, you know, I, I want to hear from you though. A double I'm not, agent would say, <laughs> "I'm a double agent." Okay, I want to hear from you though about the the zero wide receiver strategy, or or the kind of the avoidance of the early round wide receiver, and have you talk about what you see the value in that being.
2: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I'd like to point anyone that's listening to just check me out on Twitter. I've got it pinned on my tweet. Um, Not only does it kind of talk about uh, why I prefer to go this way, but it also gives some late-round targets to look after, uh, you know, in in those later rounds. But really, I mean, I don't don't think it's anything groundbreaking. We all watch football, and we know that the league is changing dramatically. You know, it it seemed like 10 years ago, every single team had a guy that was going to see the ball 250 times out of the backfield. Every team had a league back. And now over the last three, or over, over the last few years, what we're seeing are more and more teams starting to take this running back by committee approach. And not every team is doing it, but um, there, there are a handful of guys out there that are still going to be workhorses. And I feel like the advantage that you can get by locking in one of those guys just gives you a leg up on the competition. If you can just lock in two or three running backs so you can start in week in and week out and you don't have to worry about. And then on top of that, The wide receiver pool is deeper than ever. It's becoming a pass-heavy league. So if you can go through your first three rounds and, you know, get uh, uh, one of those top-tier guys like Saquon, CMC, whatever, in the first round, then you drop into the second round get a guy like Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and then wait in the third round where you get a guy that's going to have a lot of volume and provide you a safe floor like Chris Carson or David Montgomery, I think that you're just set from there. And then the ways that I stray where I'm not just taking running backs right off the bat, I think that you also want to lock in a top tight end. You know, George Kittle, Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey – Darren Waller. And and there's chances that, you know, Kyle Noah Pitts. Vance, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, some of these other guys could certainly hit. But, um you know, I'd, I'd rather take the guys that I know are going to be a sure thing just because there is so much talent deep in the drafts. So if yeah. you look at it last year, 50 percent of the guys that finished as wide receiver ones were drafted after the sixth round. That's just mind blowing to me. So last year it was Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, I, I don't have everybody off the top of my head. They're in the article, but it's just you—you it, it, you can get these guys in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth round that you can plug in as a wide receiver one. So I, I would just rather take the positional scarcity early and then take the deep positions later on. It just makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, no, I like it, and uh, I have his uh, my, my man Dave's article up here. Uh, at the football guys, do go check them out. Do do also uh, subscribe to the football guys. They're one of the best subs around out there. They've got you over there. They've got Troy over there. They've got you know lots of great people over there. Uh, so please do check them out. Uh, I-, I love it because last year I came out with something that uh, I-, I coined uh, the wide re- wide receiver two theory and what it looked at kind of was the same idea that you can get the value of a wide receiver one later on in the draft, particularly, you know, if you target teams and you evaluate teams and how teams uh, you, you, you think, okay, these are the wide receiver ones on a team. There's a, there's a 40% turnover rate every year on that. So you can target some of those players that that are going to be moving up and down the board. Uh, I've already signed up guys. Sorry. Just so you guys do know. Um, So, uh, but you know, I, I love it because if you do go zero RB and you go, you know, DK Metcalf and you get all those guys now that are second round, you so say you go Tyree Kill this year, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, right? That's how you start your draft. Uh, then the positional scarcity, like you said, the zero running back, uh, they, they call it anti-fragility is what it is. You, you're really fragile there at running back. There's a lot of fragility. It ain't anti. It's heavy because you need to then pick the best like running backs that are going to break out, the ones that you – You are hoping. So then you just grab a bunch of them and you're just kind of dart throwing at all these backup running backs, which I don't think is the most effective way to do it myself. So I'm not a zero RB Mark bow. I'm a wide receiver Mm -hmm. theory guy who does like Dave's idea. We might have to marry our theories together. And actually, put you know, because it, it really is—it's a, its a scarcity meets value meets opportunity for wide receivers that are undervalued by the community, and and so it's really a value misvaluation is what it is—a misvaluation of of where players are going to finish. And so I love those edges. So I wanted to give you a chance to to throw that out there because we're akin—we really are. We we're on the same side. I don't want anyone to mistake me for zero. Oh, I've,
2: I've done enough. I've done enough best ball drafts with you guys. I know that you guys are smashing your running backs early too. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like by Midway through the second round, there are no running backs left. When I'm doing the draft at D three, I am Make racing it. to get Carson in front of you. Racing,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I am racing trying to get Lamar Jackson in front of this guy or AJ Brown. Me, me oh. and Dave. There's, there's there's anybody in redraft to definitely follow and start looking at his work. It's Dave. I've not met someone with such so close to rankings of mine mm-hmm. in, in my entire time, and it's it's scary. I don't I don't like it. Same, I don't want to be same, in any league same, of you. Same. <laughs> underdog keep us away from each other please <laughs> just put it at the end of the dress. we'll, we'll have that some more anytime you, anytime you and I are next <laughs> to each other and it's, I,
2: I was it. just talking about this on, on another show that I was on but like I feel like we're like you know the usual suspects like every time you yeah. hop in it's us four, <laughs> Jeff Bell you know there, there's like all the same guys in there Sam Wagman I know yeah. your tendencies I know your tendencies so well that I can pre- like I know who you're going to pick before you even pick them like <laughs> yeah. I'll see Jordan on the clock and I'm like I know exactly who Jordan's about to take and then, <laughs> and I and, uh, like I, can, I can project yeah. rounds ahead of where
1: we're actually oh, at this right. point. Exactly. I know you too, brother. I'll see I'm like, oh, guess who he's going to pick come around the turn? Yep. Oh, oh, oh they yeah. got him both. Got him
2: both. I'm 100% I, I
0: accurate at on predicting a Scott snipe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scott snipes me every chance he gets, and I know exactly when he's going to do it.
2: I can look at the first round and see if Bo is a spot ahead of me, and I go, well, that's it. I'm not getting Chris Carson. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, As we go out uh, on the
1: underdog uh, note, who's who's the favorite snipe that I always snipe you on? Because I think I I have a guy that I do like to take from you. But uh, who, Um, who do you think it is? It's probably Tony Pollard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: I take him like just a half round too early before it gets back to you. And I, yeah, just and know- I get
0: him earlier than everybody else, too. Like when, I, when I'm in any kind of draft without you, I get Tony Pollard every time. But this yeah. fool knows how much I love Tony Pollard. He's in my freaking banner, for Christ's sake. And and he just knows. He's like, Bo's going to try to get Tony Pollard around earlier than ADP, and I'm going to get him too early. Bounds earlier <laughs> hey,
1: it's, gonna, it's gonna work out i know it will so well you know we, we have to go but like i gotta say dave you are awesome uh you have made this the the world's sexiest dfs show for <laughs> so thank you for joining us uh jordan you are crushing it down there with the memes and the you know man he's just killing it bo uh we'll talk you know i mean <laughs> uh, uh no bo's crushing it too I have to say, <laughs> I had to do that. I was just, you know. It was <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us. Do go check Bo out over at BigTimeFlavorCo.com. I want you guys to make sure you buy his hot box. I want you to make sure you go buy Viridian Global Merch. Go play on Underdog. Uh, anything you want to p- plug, Dave? Anything you got going on that, you know, people can check out? Where can they find you a- as we get out of here?
2: Yeah, I just tell everyone to follow me on Twitter now. It's too hard. If I try talking about all the shows... <laughs> Articles I'm writing. It ends up being a 20 minute monologue. So just follow me on Twitter at Dave Kluge, K L U G E. You'll find all my stuff there. I love it. Bo, last words, my friend. Go to bigtimeflavorcode.com. Follow me on Twitter, Bo underscore make
0: big time. And uh, I'm going to be starting to write more articles. So check out my Twitter for some uh, exemplary vocabulary uh, that will uh, make you confused that you know about. My wife, was, and my really wife was really confused. Yeah, she was confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't I relate love, to everybody. It's okay. I love it.
1: It gets me excited. It reminds me of reading uh, Joseph Heller. So you
0: know, what I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> it's, just uh,
1: it's how it goes, you know,
0: a little dystopian. Yeah, universe, I have a floral right vocabulary. A floral vocabulary. You do, yeah. Um,
1: I, I do appreciate that. Uh, we do have guests coming up. Dave did mention. But who's who's coming up next is Howard Bender, our next guest next week. Who, who, who is Howard it? Bender from Fantasy <laughs> Alarm? Yes. Oh, I love it. Howard Bender. Uh, and then this week, uh, do check me out. On uh, this Thursday, the Fantasy Football Hot Stove podcast returns. I have a new co-host, uh, Mr. Jamie uh, Calendaro. Really excited. He is is working over at FTA. I'm working over at FTA now as well. And our first guest is a banger. It is Mr. Field Yates himself. Uh, I'm going to have to do what Dave said. I'm going to have to reach out to like Stefania Bell and Matthew Barry. And all those guys on the show, and kind of get some some you know in behind the scenes dirt on my man Field for the for the show. Uh, hopefully that'll you know get me uh, you know uh, some good tidbits as as we say. Uh, so thank you for that. A little little Sean Evans shout out as well. If you do like hot ones like myself and Mr. Dave Coogie, go check them out. Uh, and and their wings are not as good as Bo Sauce. So just tell Sean Evans that. Let him know bow Sauce needs to
0: be on the show. Uh, I think that. I think Dig that's deeper, it. Dig deeper, Sean. Dig deeper. You'll find what you're looking for, Sean.
1: <laughs> oh, you will. You will. All right, guys. Well, guys. We'll see you guys next week with Howard Bender, eleven o'clock on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Peace.
3: See ya. It, it is The Worldwide Sports Radio Network.